Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over and start using it now. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about, in your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive, and that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans, like for a new ride, or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at chime.com build. That's chime.com build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com disclosures for details. Guys, welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, episode 20. Yeah. UIL. 20, 20 weeks in, in the books, man. This is monumental. This is a very, very special day for us. So, first of all, before we start, we have to thank you guys for your support. To grow this fast in 20 weeks is, is crazy. It's and tremendous. The, and the growth continues. It's, it's amazing. We, we ran into some people randomly and telling the stops we make, and the love has been amazing. The support has been amazing. The feedback has been great. People just want to talk to us about the podcast, so thank you. This is we're not the one out you like that. We can't say anything better than that. Yeah, no, that's a fact. That's a fact. So we're gonna jump right into it. We got a very special guest today. Um, so I'll, I'll give the, the layout. So obviously, real estate is very important in building wealth. So this is a an educational show on finance, and you can't have an educational show on finance without talking about real estate, right? So we have Fernando Hernandez with us today so i'll tell you who fernando is so if anybody's not familiar dj envy is heavy in real estate right now right he does tours like all around the country so the guy that got him involved in real estate his name is caesar and he's real big in jersey as far i think he had like 600 uh units that he owns so he kind of got envy into real estate investing so now they teamed up so caesar's best friend is fernando and Fernando is also really big in Jersey. He has 200 units in Jersey. So he has 200 units in Jersey, which roughly estimates to around $25 million altogether. Say that number again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the reason why I like this story, and I told him that over the phone, is that you know a lot of times people see celebrities like DJ Envy, and they, and it's no disrespect, but they, they look at them and they're like, okay, well, you already had a leg up, right? So I can't do that. 
because I didn't start with money or I look at a basketball player or a football player. But the reason why I like Fernando is that he started from the bottom, right? Like, so it's like his story is very relatable and tell the story is very relatable. And in a short period of time, in the grand scheme of things, he's been able to amass a very, very impressive portfolio of real estate on any level, mm-hmm. not like on our community level, mm-hmm. on any level, right? 200 units is impressive on any level, right? Mm-hmm. There's not too many people in the world that, that have that type of portfolio. So to amass that in a period of 10 years, 12 years is, is extremely impressive, especially not coming from you know wealth, not coming from a background of real estate and really starting it you know, on the ground level and making mistakes and learning and a lot of things that, that so, <laughs> so yeah, so first and foremost, um thank you. Thank you for, for joining us. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you for uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Can you, so can you tell thank you people? for the introduction too? That was yeah, awesome. yeah. <laughs> Shout out, my, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna borrow that. His, his intros are legendary. Nah, I got yeah, those yeah, for you. Yeah, <laughs> he definitely got it down pat. Gotta do it right, gotta do it right. So all right, so can you tell the people because I, I heard your story um the other day and um you know as far as like being like a fifth year Senior in college with like ninety credits and all that. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, how do you? Okay, so how do you go from humble beginnings, getting kicked out of school pretty much because you didn't have enough um, financial aid, I believe, to having two hundred units? Like, how does that happen? It was never my intention to have two hundred units. I mean, it's. Uh, I remember one day speaking to Caesar, he's telling me like, "Yo, I met this guy. He's in Pasig, man." He has 250 units. I was like, holy crap, yo, like 250 units, man. I was like, yo, that's like quarter of a million dollars a month. He's collecting rent. It's crazy. That time, it was like in my mind, I'm thinking like, yo, it's, it's, we both like, yo, we could imagine we make $5,000 a month. You know, take that plus, see you have your little career making like another 75, put that together. It's like, you know, you're making decent money. Yeah, yeah. So 200 units wasn't the intention. You know, my, my initial intention was get a four family house, then get the three family house, then get the two family house, with those three right there, that'll pay the mortgage for the one family house. Yeah. So really think about it. Most people spend about fifty percent of their money on their mortgage. So I was like, yo, if I get that covered, that's that's like that's like a big thing. So that was the initial intention. But um once I got getting like really into the real estate and deep into it, getting to know like other people who are investors, like you know, your mind starts changing and you like start changing up. So slowly, you know, ended up, you know, going from one property I got my second property, my third, and started getting multiple properties at the same time. So, so that, I mean, that's really impressive. And your name's Lord of the Slums, right? It's yeah. landlord, landlord of yeah. Patterson. So, yeah, Lord of the Slums, yeah. 2004, right? I, I, I looked at your vision board, and it was. I was like, hey, there's nothing there on the vision board, right? He hasn't accumulated anything yet. 2005, it's the same. 2006, all the way up to 2011. That's when I bought is when you get your one. first property. So, what's the process during that time, right? Are we, are we like, you know what? This really isn't for me. Are you down yourself? Like, what's the process? What's your thought process? The process was not giving up, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and I keep that, that vision board is like, I purposely did that because you had a lot of family and friends, you know, they wanted to come down, sit down with me and, you know, so I could kind of like, uh, give them some advice. And, uh, obviously they know where I'm at right now. So it's every, it's always, what do I have to do to do what you're doing? Mm-hmm. So, and it's like, nobody wants to, you know, not that they don't want to put in the work, but it's kind of like they, they forget the work that was involved and, and it's like the patience too. So like, it's almost like, you know, you can't just jump in and think that right away, you're going to do a complete gut renovation on a house mm-hmm. or you're going to build a house from the ground up, like right away with having no experience. So that's basically my way of showing them like, look, you know, I did, you know, I put in the work, I was patient, I never gave up. So it's like, you know, follow that system and, and, um, and you'll be able to make it. So, all right. So you have a system in place, right? Where... You talked to me, you spoke to me about it over the phone that you and Caesar use. Can you just explain that? Like as far as like you buy a home, then you take the cash from the home, you buy another home. Like what's your what's your blueprint? So yeah, and um, that's kind of like what allowed me to like really blow up as far as like in real estate. Um, so it, it's basically the system is you know you try to cash out on your property as soon as you're done renovating. So just to like run a quick math, you know, let's just say the house is worth three hundred thousand, you pick it up for a hundred. Let's just say he needs 50 in renovations. So it's like originally when I would go to a harmony lender, I would just tell them, look, I'm buying the house for 100, I need 50 for renovations. Mm-hmm. And they'll give me the uh, 90,000 on the purchase because it's 10%. And then they'll give me the 50,000 for the renovation, which was cool. Now I was able to renovate the house. But then eventually I got a little smart. I was like, wait a minute. These are the hard money lenders. They're willing to give you 70% of the value. 
So if the house is worth 300 and they're willing to give me 70%, that's 210. Mm -hmm. So why am I just pulling out 150? Let me just pull out this 210 right away. So that, you know, so now if you renovate it for 50, but now you're not taking 50 for renovation, so let's say in this scenario, I'm taking 110. Now finish up the house with 50, <laughs> you get that difference. So by the time you're renovating the house, you're pretty much already cashed out this money. And uh, then you have the two options with your house. You can either flip the house, and if it's worth 300, that means you're flipping it for 300. Or you could just do um, a cash out refi, which will be at 75%, which is on the loan. Instead of being 210, it might be, let's say, 220. But you're already cashed out, so you're not really cashing out. You're just more like what I call parking the house. And the most important thing about this property, it needs the cash flow. I mean, cash flow is like the most important thing. So if you follow the cash flow, then, you know, and, and you do the system, you know, you, you're going to be all right. So yeah. hard money lending, can you talk about that? Because yeah. people might not be familiar with it. Because people know about traditional bank loans, yeah. mortgages and stuff like that, right? But people don't understand, I don't think, a lot of times that you can get financing for a home outside of a bank. Yeah, right? yeah like when I heard the word hard money, I'm thinking, like long short. Long short. It's got to be this guy with a suit, hair slicked back, and he's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, I can give you some money. Like, what's, what is a hard money lender? So a uh, hard money lender is a private lender. And they're an asset-based lender, meaning that they're not really focusing too much on your personal income credit. They're really focusing on what the what property you're buying, what's it worth, how much are you going to need, and you know, do, do, do those numbers make sense? And for them to make sense, different lenders have different rules. I have lenders who they're willing to go seventy-five percent loan to value. Those lenders are willing to go seventy. Some, you know, they they're really cheap. They only want to go, let's say, fifty-five percent. So it you know depends what what lender you get, but the most important thing about them is like they're not focusing on your um, credit on your credit. You know mm -hmm. you you got you know at, at one point I think like the first hard money loan that I that I took out my credit score was like a five eighty five, mm. which is trash. <laughs> so and, and, uh, and at that property in particular, I had no choice but to go through a hard money lender because yeah. uh, I was trying to go through like a regular conventional bank, and they already had loaned me on a couple of properties, um, but the uh, I ended up getting a, a state tax lien on my credit and that kind of destroyed my credit score. So I was able to reverse it, but to reverse it was gonna take a few months and they were like, they weren't gonna wait a few months. And I, and I couldn't wait a few months, I needed to do the deal right away. So that's when I was introduced to a hard money lender and you know, they made it happen. So in that process, right? Cause I'm assuming like hard money lenders, not many of them look like us. No. Were, were there some like discriminatory setbacks or anything like that? Um, you know what, coming from the inner city, yeah. you know, I've learned in this business that sometimes we tend to be racist ourselves. Mm. It, it, it's kind of like, you know, you grow up in the city and, and, and it's like um, everyone around you is like a minority. And like when you see someone who's not a minority, they're like either a police officer or like uh, you see them on TV, like the uh, the politicians. And then, and then you hear all these things of like, you know, situations, especially in the inner city dealing with cops. It was like you put in your head like, oh, man, everybody's, you know, they're racist, they're racist, mm -hmm. you know, they're going to be racist. And you kind of come in already defeated, basically thinking that they're going to be racist against you. And, and you know, it's, that's, that's not the case. You yeah. know, it's like uh, most of the people that I would say that financially have helped me out um, through loans have been white people. So, right. you know, that whole concept of like, you know, it's going to be all oh, racist. You know, yeah. it doesn't work. I will say this, though, especially starting off uh, in the cities, you know, they're, they're pretty dope now. Everybody wants to invest in them. Mm -hmm. But you go back, they were the first ones to take the hit. And... You know, going to a bank, nobody wanted a loan in inner cities. It's like when I first tried to do cash out refis, uh, lenders would say, oh, yeah, we're willing to go 70%. And um, once you submitted the application and they throw in the zip code, they'll come back and say, like, I don't know what, we can only give you 60. It's like, why only 60? It's like, oh, because, you know, where you're located is a mm -hmm. really high crime area. So it, it, it's, uh, it's a higher risk, bro. So they chop it down. So if anybody's not familiar with Jersey, you're from Patterson, Jersey. Yeah, Patterson. Right? All right. So Patterson, Newark. Um, East Orange, South Orange, Jersey City, any other place I'm forgetting? We got, that's North, Southern Jersey. Right? I mean, but like North, I'm talking about Northern yeah, Jersey. Yeah, Jersey. Nah, yeah, you got your Jersey City, you have Elizabeth, you have Newark, you have Patterson, you have Passaic, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a whole bunch. And you have other, like, you know, smaller towns and stuff like that. that are, you know, all right, so, but Jersey's an it's like all places, right? Where you have the haves and have nots, right? So there's very wealthy neighborhoods and there's very poor neighborhoods, right? Yeah. So, but, like all places in America, the poor neighborhoods in Jersey are changing now, right? So Jersey City, we was just in Jersey City. That that that's yeah. not even like <laughs> yeah, that's completely yeah. different, right? Like you see the skyline, the kind of looks yeah, like the yeah. Jersey City is completely yeah. different. Uh, they're doing a lot of development in Newark right now. Definitely, yeah. Patterson, where you're from, 
Gentrification's coming. It's coming, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, it hasn't, you know, it hasn't hit like to the extent with um, Jersey City and North. And we always say the reason for that is, is because uh, Jersey City and North, they have really good public transportation, like trains mm. that go into the city. So that allows for that to happen a lot quicker. For us, we have buses, but we don't have like any uh, trains that are mass transit like that. We have one that goes into North, but very few people use it. It doesn't have like that appeal if you know someone could just go and grab a train and um, yeah. get up there. So what are the what are the appeals, disadvantages, advantages? Because we hear this a lot, right? Where it's trendy with like buy a block, buy back the block, right? So you actually have done that. Um, you guys are actually doing that in real life. So what? Because I mean, you you couldn't at this point you can invest anywhere. You could invest in the suburbs. You can like yeah, so for you personally, why is it? beneficial to invest in the, in the inner city and what are some advantages and disadvantages in the inner city well for one when i got into real estate i wanted to get into rentals so you're not going to go into the suburbs to the rentals because mm-hmm. it's like the, the money's not there and uh i've you know read a lot of books and uh, before i even got into like real estate um and uh one key thing that i always read and is like all those other like investors who wrote books will always say which i agree with it too is like you know go into like the tough neighborhoods but the good parts of the tough neighborhoods mm-hmm. and then you know you're going to do all right so, um, but yeah, the suburbs, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to be really, you're not going to make money. What you're going to make the money at when you deal with rentals is going to be where the rentals are at, which for the most part is going to be the uh, inner city. Yeah. And that, that goes along with like zoning issues, right? I would assume like in the suburbs, people's homes aren't zoned for yeah, two family, three family a lot of times. You know, they design that way. They design one families, you know, and uh, they'll have their few multi-family complexes. But, you know, you're talking about million dollar properties and you start off, it's just not realistic. Right. right? Hmm, okay. Okay. All right. So, um, one other question that I wanted to ask you. So, okay. Can you just break down your first deal? Cause I think that's the hardest part that people, it's like all things in life, right? The hardest thing to do is to start. Yeah. The Once you start, then you kind of, but like, can you just explain your first deal, your first investment deal? Yeah. So, you know, going back to that chart where, you know, I wrote down 2004. Uh, yeah, 2000. Yeah. It's like in, in my mind, 2004, that's when I said, okay, I got to get into real estate. So, Went into real estate, but as soon as they ran my credit, credit was kind of like shot. So I had to start working on fixing that credit. Um, by the time I finished fixing the credit, it was like 2005, 2006. Started working with a real estate agent. And that's when you know, I said I wanted to get that three families so I could live for free in one. Uh, that, didn't, uh, that didn't really work out too well. She couldn't find me anything, so I ended up getting my license. Got my license, but 07, I ended up getting fired from my job. So now... Can't, you know, couldn't get into like basically real estate investing. So took that as an opportunity to just, I had my license, let me just do real estate and uh, let me learn the business as a realtor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's just fast forward when I ended up getting my first property, which was uh, 2011. Uh, that was a short sale. I put the offer like in 2010. All right, now this deal, when I put in the offer, I put an offer of 150, I qualified. I was good to go. Yeah. The bank approved it for 228. It's not much of a difference on the mortgage, but it's like when you're like really right on the borderline, that made a word of, you know, that, that made a huge difference. So I couldn't, couldn't get the loan. I mean, I went to like eight different banks to get like a loan. Everybody said no. So, um, which is the thing that I tell people now all the time. Like, listen, you know, when someone tells you no, that just means it's not a yes right now. But find out what do you have to do to make that a yes? You know, that yes could happen in a couple of days or could happen in a couple of years. But like, definitely find out what you need to do so you could, you know, get it corrected um did that when you know went back to like one of the guys you know he kind of broke down to me why i didn't qualify it's like i had an auto loan i had um, a lot of credit cards maxed out and also had a huge irs bill so it's kind of like i had to kind of move maneuver all the money make a payment plan with the irs instead of paying them in full pay down some credit cards pay off a car and did all that and then i had like basically like the money and uh, and the means to get the first property um, it was a game changer for me, the first one, because it was a, a four-family house, and it was all rented through uh, Section 8. Mm-hmm. Now, what's crazy about that, that I went, you know, I had to tell my friends, family members about it, and everyone was basically telling me, like, ah, don't do that. Four-family house, you know, that's crazy. You're going to be dealing with tenants. It's going to be a headache. You know, get the two-family with the attic in the basement. Which, in my mind, I'm like, well, that's a four-family house. <laughs> <laughs> but then for that, though, is that it was in Jersey, uh, three-family, once you have a three-family, you have to deal with the state. And uh, they come and inspect your property every five years. And, uh, you know, most people don't like dealing with that. So with two family, you get no inspections. And now you have the attic, you have the basement. It's fair game in Patterson, attics and basements, you yeah. know, for, 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 you know, for some people, you know, it, it, for the, those who are willing to, um, to take the risk. But for me, it was a game changer because it was like a four family house. 
two apartments paid the mortgage. The other two apartments were for basically for myself. So now that's basically about $3,000 per month that I was making on that property. That's about what I was making for my job as working as a realtor. Mm-hmm. So now it's kind of like, wait a minute, you know, if I was happy with $3,000, I could pretty much say, you know what, let's forget this. I'm yeah. done every time I stay home chilling. But that, you know, that opened up my mind. I just got to grasp. I'm like, wait a minute now, I need to get another one. So now what do I have to do to get, you know, to get the other one? And, and, you know, started like strategizing and figuring out ways. It was, uh, the time was also perfect too, because it was like, you know, during that time, nobody wanted to jump into real estate. I mean, I would go to barbecues and I would try to convince people to buy and you know, to get like, to get an investment property. Everybody thought it was just after a commission. Like, now nah, you know, you just, you just want to sell that house. And yeah. it's like, nah, man, like, you know, this is, you don't make good income off of, off of this house. So you, so, okay. So you, you bought your first investment property in 2011. Yeah, 2011. Took the equity out of that and then bought another one and then kind of just parlayed it from there. No, no, actually, it didn't, um, didn't take out the equity on that one. It's like, that still was in my mind. I still didn't know about like cash out refis or anything like that. It, it's, um, got the first one. The game plan was to just save up money. I'm making 3000 per month. So if I don't touch those 3000 in a year, that's close to $40,000 I was going to have. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of like saving up. Um, and then like a year later, uh, what happened was, uh, there was a property that, I had put in an offer for a, for a client of mine, and uh, we put in an offer on a, on a four family for 150. He's gonna buy straight cash. Uh, months passed by, he has me back up, like, you know, because it was a short sell. He got desperate, he couldn't wait. He said, you know, find him something else. Found him a six family for 200. A couple of months passed by, the realtor that was selling the house, she calls me up and tells me, hey, listen, we finally got the uh, the approvals, the client's still interested. And I was like, yeah, yeah, definitely. No, he wasn't, but I figured <laughs> make that commission, sell it to someone else, right? Yeah. So he's like, no, it's, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of weird, man. But it's like, you know, the bank, the house only pays for 75. So I was like, oh, what does that mean? She's like, 75 is basically that's what your client's going to have to pay. So I was like, okay, great. Yeah, let me give him the good news. <laughs> so <laughs> went back, got on the computer, opened up an LLC and, um, you know, started making phone calls, you know, geez, I had no money. So it, it, it's, uh, saving those, uh, you know, those $3,000 per month. It, it, it's like the house, the house that I bought needed some work. So I spent some money on that and, uh, I wasn't managing the like the, the 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 money right, so started making phone calls, borrowing you know, ended up borrowing some money, had some money saved up, used that to kind of renovate the house, and um, and that's how I ended up getting my my, my second property, I ended up getting this four family for seventy five thousand, and that's the first one where I sort of got like a cash out refi on it because uh, like eight months later I was able to go to a, to a bank and uh, and they gave me a hundred thousand dollar loan on that one, so I was able to get back my money on that. So you, your company, you, you said you filed an LLC, so your company became your client. You became your client. Yeah, yeah, basically. In a sense, like, right? Yeah, in a sense, it, it, it's like the bank didn't care who, who purchased that right. house. You know, they just wanted the 75. So what, what are some of the benefits of putting a household property in an LLC? At that time, the benefit was um, it was a requirement. So okay. it was a business deal. Like, the, you know, it, it's uh, to, to, for one thing, I wanted to make sure, you know, um, Doing research and stuff, and you know, it's like getting multiple, multiple properties. I had this thing in my head that I read, like, oh, you get a different LLC for every property that's going to limit your liabilities. So I kind of went that route. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, now, you know, I just keep a couple of LLCs for, for my properties. I don't, you know, there was a time when I was actually opening up an LLC for each property. But then after a while, like, you know, this kind of, like, I had to, you got to follow these. Uh, so paperwork and everything <laughs> for it. I was like, no, I'm so not going to that. Just keep good insurance on your house. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So now you got the backstory. So now we're going to go into, the blueprint of how you actually do your day-to-day operations. So we're gonna get it going. All right, so we're gonna go into the, to the nitty-gritty. But before we start, we have to acknowledge this because we don't want this to go with people's heads. So, okay, 2012, which was seven years ago, right? Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> you borrowed thirty thousand. Yes. Right. To do your second investment property, and then from there. You kind of just learned the ropes and you're at where you're at now. So, in the words of Kendrick Lamar, <laughs> he, he took 30000 and he freaked it to $25 million? Yes. Seven years. Seven yeah, years. yeah. It's, um, I'll say 2016, though. That's that's kind of like where the magic happened, though. Okay. It, it, it's kind of like it's, that's when like I was consistently able to purchase a property, fix it up, rent it out. And then once it's already rented, go to a lender to cash it out. 
or it was like, you know, just go to Home Depot. It's like, and you study, like, Home Depot is where I buy most of my, my materials. And it's like, and if you go in there, you study, when you see somebody walking out and all they have is just electrical materials, and like, you know, this guy very likely is an electrician, or mm-hmm. at least knows how to do electrical work. Same thing with a plumber and so forth. So it's kind of like, and you sort of build up your team, but it's really a trial and error. Unless you get some referrals, you're going to get burned, you know. A lot of people ask me a lot of times, is like, have I ever lost money in real estate? And the answer is no, just because I've been able to buy properties that have a lot of um, equity in them. But that doesn't mean that I did not lose money on the deal. So it's like, if I go in and I get a, get a property, I'm projecting to make, let's say, 50000 then I get this one contractor and, you know, he messes up and I end up losing 10000 one time. Still make 40000 mm-hmm. you know, but I didn't really didn't like lose money, but you know, still in the green. Yeah, yeah, it's still in the green. You know, contractors, it's tricky with contractors. It's like, it's like, that's why I call them contractors because if you're not careful, they will count you. Um, so what I do now to minimize the chances of uh, somebody uh, ripping me off uh, is basically I pay for all the materials, which is pretty cool too because it's like you start getting your miles. So I pay for the materials. I make uh, what I call a draw schedule. Which is the same kind of schedule you have to give your hard money lender. When you get a loan from a lender, you can't just tell the lender, "Oh, I need fifty thousand for a renovation." You got to kind of like map it out. Like, all right, I'm gonna need two thousand to get the house. I'm gonna need uh, this much for this, and you kind of like do every step of of, of you know what's required. Um, so you map it out. When this is already mapped out, then you know you you start pulling like the the, the money out. All right. So okay. So whole versus flips because you you hear there's two kinds of trains of thoughts in real estate, right? Some people only want to flip. Some people only believe in buying and holding. Some people do both. You're more on the buying and holding side, right? Yeah, more uh, buying and holding. It's um, it's it's a little more complicated because it's like when you buy and flip, it's pretty straight, straightforward. You buy a house, you renovate it, you fix it, and you sell it, you make a profit. Um, when trying to hold it, you know, it goes back to the whole thing of appraisal. What if it doesn't, you know, it doesn't come through and, and the appraisal doesn't come in right? So, you know, you kind of got to like really, you know, maneuver your way around that but um but it, it's uh if you buy a house that has and again you follow like that formula make sure you follow the cash flow um it, it's um then about real estate too is all numbers so you kind of have all the numbers in front of you basically you already know how much money you're going to collect in rent you already know um how much you're paying for the property over time once you already know this you already know what you're going to spend in renovation so you kind of already know what the mortgage is going to be what the rent is going to be what the profit is going to be um and uh, so when you see it's a really good profit, you keep it and, you know, you don't want to let it go. You want to keep it. So how do you learn that? Like to say, OK, um, all right, I understand that you want to buy a home for cheap and fix it up. But the average person, they don't have any knowledge of like, OK, how much this is actually going to cost to renovate or how do I know it's a good deal? Like, you know, what I mean, like if you're just going in with no team, just by yourself, how do you. So very likely you're going to be a first time home buyer. So I recommend either go for a three family or four family. And uh, and light renovation, so it's like you know painting the walls, you know maybe throw some laminate flooring. Make sure you know how much rent is coming in on this property, and then also see how much you're paying for it, and know what your mortgage is going to be. So the difference that's going to be your cash flow. As far as like what is the number, it, it's kind of like for me personally, like for for any property that I get, fifteen hundred is kind of like my number. Fifteen hundred in rent. The difference between the mortgage and the rent. So let's okay. say if the mortgage is uh, two thousand, I need to be collecting thirty five. Okay. okay. So the way I do that is basically five hundred goes aside, and that's for your vacancies, your repairs, the things that can happen in the house, and then the other thousand is kind of like your profit. Okay. That's the minimum that you want. That's yeah. Rule of thumb for me, for my area, that's kind of like you know, if, if those are the numbers, then it's a keeper, and I, and I go through, I go through on the deal. If those are not the numbers, then I just kind of like pass up on the deal. Do you have a minimum as far as the value of the home? Like you want to get it for at least fifty thousand under its market value, or something like that. Yeah, so um, going back to like the, the formula is basically um, the value of the property. Then I look for what can I cash this out for? Like right now, I have a lender who gives me 75% loan to value. So I already know uh, value, multiply that by the 75%. Let's just say the number is, uh, is 200. So kind of I use 200 as my mark. All right, then I'll say, okay, now I have the 200,000 right here. Look at how much you, you know, I'm paying for the property. Let's just say it's, it's, uh, it's 100. That's a hundred spread. Mm-hmm. Now I gotta look at right, how much it's gonna cost me to renovate. If it's gonna cost me a hundred to renovate, and the cash out is kind of like two hundred, it's two hundred. It basically, like there's no there's no uh, money in there basically. So it's kind of like all right, if it's a hundred, then I have to be like let's say one fifty or even one seventy five, so that once I'm done renovating and do the cash out, I'm actually able to get my money back. Like the goal is not so much to make a profit on the cash out, but just to at least get your money back so you can move on to the next one. Because if you do it correctly, if let's say you have 
$30,000 to buy a property. You go out, you buy a, a, a property, you renovate it, you rent it, and then you cash it out. If you can at least get back your 30000 and it's like, let's say it's from, from, it'll take you six months to do that. Mm -hmm. So six months later, basically, you got your $30,000 you know, you $30, back and do that again. So like, it's kind of like with that same money, every six months you could buy a property. Or every three months, depending on how fast you move. And, and you're taking your money out, just some people, you're taking your money out via not home equity loans, right? You're taking your money out via no, the, the hard, hard money. The, the, like, not just the hard money. Uh, so keyword is asset-based lender. Asset-based lender. Yes. It, it's um, income-based lenders will be like your Wells Fargo, your Bank of America, you know, your local bank. They're mm -hmm. the income-based. You know, you go to them, they want to see the dope credit score. They want to, you know, they want to see that you have uh, really good income taxes, you know, that you're actually making good money yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, me, all of my money comes from real estate. So when I go to a bank and, uh, you know, I still try it out once in a while because they got really good interest right now. I always get that for the loans because yeah. it's like all they see is like, oh, they just see all these expenses. Everything's coming from real estate. So for them, it's like, oh my God, it's like such a high risk. Like, you know, we can't, we can't rock with you. But when you go to these asset-based lenders, they don't see any of that. All they're seeing is like, what is the house? Like, this is the house right here. What, what, how much do you think it's worth? Oh, it's worth this much. All right, this is how much rent, this is how much I'm collecting the rent. So it's like, all right, cool. Yeah, we could give you the loan on that. So outside of hard money lenders, who else is an asset-based lender? Asset-based lender, um, the one I use right now, they're called Vizio. So they're like they're like companies. Yeah, yeah, they're companies. Yeah, okay. yeah. nationwide, it's, it's nationwide companies. People. No, no, this is, no, they're, they're nationwide legit bank companies, but they just work with investors. What's the one that you use? Go. Uh, Vizio, Vizio lending is, is, is the one that I'm currently using right now. That's another thing too. I mean, you gotta keep these guys in rotation because yeah. it's like um, the, the other lender that I used before. They were giving me seventy percent. Now this one gives me seventy five percent. That five percent, that's a huge difference. You know, it, it, it's um, if you're talking about a three hundred thousand dollar house. That's fifteen thousand yeah. dollars. What's the interest rate usually from that compared to like a regular traditional bank? The traditional bank might charge like like a five percent. These guys are charged like a six and a half. Yeah, and and then it's a it's a, a five year arm. Sorry, you know, after five years, you have to either sell the house or you have to refi it. And, and we we kind of spoke off camera, but we said hard money. Anybody could be a hard money lender, right? You yeah, could yeah. do it individually, or you can team up with a bunch of people. Exactly. To do it. Yeah, yeah. And I think one of the other things is that the, the time frame. Right, the time frame when they want their money back is obviously a lot different, right? This is not a thirty-year thing, right? They want their money back. In. Like, what are some of the time frames? Well, hard money lenders they want their money back ideally like in one year. They might give an extension for another six months or another year. Mm -hmm. uh, with these um, cash out asset-based lenders, they'll give you loans for fixed for five years, like the well thirty-year mm -hmm. mortgage, but basically it's like the interest rate fixed for five years, seven years, or ten years. Mm -hmm. But after you know, at one point they want you to um, either you know refi them out, sell the house. Or you could go with the 30 year program, but the interest rate is going to be a lot higher. You might look at like an eight and a half, nine percent. So I'd rather just go with the short term because I figured, you know, five years for me is like a long time. And I'm constantly evolving in, in real estate. So I figured, like, you know, they get the lower interest rate just to increase the cash flow. And then in five years, I'll figure it out, you know, see, yeah. see so, what's the next. So what do you usually do in five years? What do, what do you do? Like, what's your game plan? But let's, let's just say right now, I work with, with my portfolio right now. Um, right now, I just started building um, brand new construction houses. Those I'm not gonna keep. Mm. Um, had I done new construction a couple of years ago, I definitely would have kept them. But my mindset right now is to develop buildings, and I already have the land to start developing buildings. But I feel that that's like too far of a reach for me right now. Yeah. So what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna end up sending about from ten to fifteen new construction, sell those, get that money, and then start building the buildings. So like in five years, I already have a couple of buildings. Once I start developing the buildings, let's say if I develop a thirty-unit building, I'm gonna start unloading. 30 units of these, of these like smaller properties. Like, I don't, I'm gonna deal with like the headache of these smaller ones when I can have 30 tenants in one section. Yeah. If, if this sounds like Monopoly, it, it, it is. Like, you, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I literally is. watched your vision board and like the last board is like, and when I get all these things, I'll have my Monopoly. So you start with yeah. the little, the little uh, greenhouses exactly. until you can get the red building, right? And once you start doing that. Nah, yeah. three, three greenhouses and one red hotel. That's, that's hotel, Monopoly. hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, if you understand Monopoly, I'll say all the time, it's if the best you understand game. Monopoly, you can understand how to make money in this world. Yeah. yeah look, I'm going to tell you this right now. Like, um, the way I play Monopoly as a kid and even now, that's the same way I approach real estate. <laughs> It's like my strategy when I play Monopoly is just, you know, obviously you got to go around go to just collect the money. But whenever I land on a piece of property, I try to get that property. Like I focus on just getting like the property mm -hmm. and then, you know, focus on getting like kind of like the like the, the, the houses. So it's kind of like that's sort of what I've been doing is like if I see a really good deal and I land on it, I'm going to try to get it. You know, it's yeah. like the, don't let it pass out. Now I own properties that are kind of like next to each other. If you look at a building anywhere you go 
and you really size up the building, you realize like, you know what? It's not that big of a land. It's right. just that on a small piece of land, they just they just went you know pretty high up and they have all these units. So in the inner city is where you're gonna find the buildings. You're not gonna find them in the suburbs. So now if you basically it's sort of just like monopoly, if you get you know four properties and on those four properties, like you pop a building. All right, so that leads perfect segue into our, our next uh, segment where we're gonna talk about your next level, what you're doing, uh, which you would just briefly talk about, but we're gonna go into detail as far as the, the next level. So. All right, so we playing playing Monopoly with real money, like the um, what was that video? The um, president, yeah, president's video. Man. Shout out to shout out to Jay. We had Jay. the reference, Jay. We we yeah, we kept yeah, on the alive. Az true player style. Yeah, <laughs> true player style. We gonna play with some real money. Az Dame Big. I, we was kind of raised off of music, so that's what yeah, we we, we, we relate to the music a lot. But if anybody from that era, you remember they were playing Monopoly with real money, but um. Fernando's actually really playing Monopoly. Like, it's not a rap video. It's not a rap video. Deeper than rap. No, no, no. It's bigger than rap. It's bigger than rap. We get inspired by rappers. So, um, all right. So now you talked about the blueprint as far as to, to buy the homes and then to get the money out of the homes and then buy another home and kind of keep that cycle going. But you're saying that. See, all successful people have a, a plan, right? Nobody just start. We had another guest on episode 11 shout out to Derek Falcon he was a great episode on uh, he's a restaurant owner in Baltimore and he spoke about you have to have a vision right his yeah. he was like whenever he goes into something he thinks about like what is his grandkids gonna inherit like mm -hmm. you know that's like his play like what's the grandkids gonna inherit even though he doesn't even have kids yet I don't think no, like, no, so, no, no, don't. so but so that's like you gotta always think three steps ahead so you already you're already planning three steps ahead right so you did the you're doing the real estate thing with the the mixed unit well multi-level homes and things that nature multi-family homes but the next play is a bigger play right yes so we want to talk about that in this segment so you told me over the phone when we spoke and i saw at the seminar that now you're just buying plots of land yes. right yes. and you're now you're a, a real estate developer Yes. Can you talk about that? Uh, yes. Yeah, so um, a couple of months back, like uh, I was with, with Caesar, and uh, we went at a political function, and we just you know chopping it up, and uh, and he showed me an email. He's like, oh, look, um, like these lots they for sale. You, like you're interested? And I looked at them, and I saw the addresses. I'm like, oh man, I'm just garbage. <laughs> and he was like, but can you pause for two seconds? Because when I say lots, right, a lot of people will think, oh, you're buying a parking lot. No, 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 reached out to the realtor, but I just wanted those two. I wasn't interested in the other ones. Yeah. So, but the guy was like, nah, the seller, he's only willing to basically sell the whole, everything together. Like, he's not gonna let you just make a pick which ones you want. Mm -hmm. So I still pushed for, I was like, you know what, then I'm about to, like, you know, I try to squeeze in half of them. I was like, put something off for like half. He's like, nah, he wants, he wants, you know, you gotta buy everything. So I lowballed him on everything. And just with the idea, I said, you know what, I'm gonna buy everything. And as soon as I buy it, did the numbers, if he gives it to me at this price, I could just throw it back on the market, just make a few a few dollars on it. Mm -hmm. So, get into the process. I ended up uh, going on the contract. As I'm going on the contract, I'm starting doing more research. I start researching brand new constructions, and um, I noticed that they were selling for like three fifty, three thirty, three sixty, and I realized that they're new constructions. But these new constructions were built in two thousand and three. Mm -hmm. Now. These will be built in 2018, so I was like, wait a minute, that means that these have to be worth a lot more than, mm -hmm. so at, at least 375. So, so, so I figured, alright. So the key is like, no, number one, you got to know what can you sell something for. So like, I right, 375. So now, how much am I paying for these lots? On average, I was like paying like 25. 25,000. 25,000. How many, how many lots did you buy? Uh, 22. You bought 22 lots, 25,000 a piece. Yeah, 25,000 a piece, yeah. And there was like another, like a two family in there that they just kind of like threw in. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you buy lots? You buy it in cash or you yeah. get, can you get like a, a loan for that? Yeah, like, that, that? yeah, that was like a mission because I'm calling up like the hard money lenders that I use and they're like, we don't own on vacant lots. 
I was like, wait a minute, okay. I just put up <laughs> <laughs> I just put up like twenty thousand dollars non refundable, which you mean you can't own me on this. Like, now nah, you know what? You gotta put up like fifty percent. I was like, shit, I can't. I was like, no, that's too much. And I started making phone calls and I started explaining to them, you know, have a conversation, like, know how much business we've done. You, you, know, got, you, got, some great, you got some great content. Man. You know I mean? If I call somebody for, for $20. Well, it's all about relationships. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, you build some really good relationships, man. So. And, I, and I'm a quiet guy. Like, you know, I'm not a, like a big, big speaker, but, you know, when it comes to, like, you know, business and stuff, and then get on that phone, it's like, you know, I started, like, I started transforming, man. I'm like, you know, <laughs> it's like Michael Jackson gets on stage, you know, quiet do off stage, but on stage, he has the performance showtime. So showtime. Long story short, I convinced them to uh, to loan me, and uh, and they they were willing to do two, you know the lender was willing to do twenty percent. One thing about these lots that I picked up though is that because they're located in urban areas, uh, they're located in redevelopment zones, which meant that the city has these uh, kind of sort of like um, set idea of what you can build on these lots, and if you meet the square footage and what they want, then you don't need to go in front of a zoning board. You can just basically submit paper like just submit plans to the um, building department is just like taking out a permit on a, on a whole new construction. Mm. So that allowed me to leverage these out. So as soon as I closed, I was able to you know get with the architect and, um, and uh, submit all the paperwork and I already have permits on, on five, which means I already have the financing in place to build these five. What's the permit? You talked about that when we, spoke, when we first spoke. You, this, you had to have the permits, like it's a process, right? When you buy land, like it's different than just buying a home, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you, um, yeah, when you buy land, it's, it's more complicated because it's like banks don't really want to loan on land because what do you have? You just have dirt, basically. You know, there's like no, no, no property. There's no cash flow or nothing on it. It's just basically vacant lots. Mm -hmm. And in most places, when you buy a lot, you have to go in front of a zoning board, which can take a year before you can start building on. These, you know, fortunately, I was able to kind of like build right away. So, um, now going back to like the numbers, basically like, so 375 and then 25 for the lot, that puts me like at 350. So now the difference between now, let's say a few years back is like the market where it's at now, where it was a few years back. If we go back like three years, you built a new construction home, you were lucky to get 250, maybe 275 for it. But now think about it. Now let's say if it costs you, um, 225 to build and you're going to sell it for 250, you're, you're almost like breaking even basically, yeah. or even like, you know, 275, not really making much money. So now that you can go 375, that gives an extra whole hundred thousand. So that makes a big difference. So that kind of changed over my mind. I said, you know what, why am I going to not do complete renovations when I could just basically build all these homes? Yeah. So now instead of grabbing the lots, keeping the ones that I want to send off the other ones, I said, no, forget that. I'm going to basically get all these lots and I'm going to build all of them. Yeah, so can we go back a little bit because you said Caesar had a list, right? And it was 22 units, 22 yeah. lots. Where does someone even see that list? Like, is that at an auction? Like, where are we getting that? We have to go out kind of clerk or something? No, no, that's just relationships. It, it, oh. It's basically um, when you're known, you know, for, for making deals, deals will pop up on your email. <laughs> like, you know, I get phone calls all the time. Like, hey, listen, I got this deal. And it's like, you know, if it's a good deal, jump on it. If it's not a good deal, then I'll let it go. A lot of times people tell me, like, hey, you ever look at one of those deals? Like, no. <laughs> My thing is this, it's like, you don't want it because it's like, if there's a reason, if I let it go, it's because it's not a good deal. Basically, if it's a good deal, I'm going to, somehow, some way, I'm going to make it happen. So, all right. So, okay. So now you're building homes, right? Yes. So when you, you're building homes from scratch, right? What kind of homes are you building? How do you build a home? Who do you have contract? Like, how does that yeah. happen? So, all right, so, I mean, first of all, you know, the idea of building something from the ground up was, uh, was scary. I was like, I've never done it. It's like, how am I going to do this? But, you know, going back to the whole renovation schedule, when you map it out, when you, like, kind of break everything up into pieces, it, it, it's like when you do a, a, a complete renovation, the first thing that I basically look for is, you know, you need to gut the property. Once you gut the property, then you go to the framing. You know, it's like a system. Then from framing, you go to, um, you, you end up doing the, uh, the plumbing. Then you do the electric, you know, and then it comes the insulation, it comes the drywall. So it's like a process, a step. You, you just kind of map it out step by step. So now if you put complete renovation on one side, you put new construction on the other side, what's the difference between the two? The only difference is that on a, on a, on a, on a, on a new construction, you need foundation and you need framing. Once you have foundation and framing, pretty much what you have is like the skeleton of a house. When you buy a house and you do a gut renovation, that's all you're left with, the skeleton of a mm -hmm. house. So now, if, so I kind of like really did the math. I was like, wait, if I pick up the lot for 25, how much can it really cost me to do a foundation? And I just, you know, and I figured, you know what, made a, you know, made some phone calls, just, you know, contractors giving me prices. And then yeah. like most people said like, oh, 40,000. 
from cement up forty thousand? Yeah, just the just the foundation. foundation okay. So I was like, all right, forty thousand, and then made some other phone calls. How much is you know for the frame? The same thing okay. came up to price like forty thousand. Like I eighty. So now eighty plus the twenty five. That's one hundred five. I was yeah. like, I'm paying that right now. <laughs> To renovate for, for like a complete renovation, so yeah. and that's the worst case scenario. Right now, being like someone who uh, who knows how to man- maneuver my way around construction, it is like those the the I probably cut both of them down like by half. So how much it will cost? Like how much will cost to build up everything? The it's, house, your house. Like, like right, you know, right now, I mean, it's, it's, it's gonna be my first rodeo, so it's kind of like it's just a budget that I have in my head, and my budget right now is like one seventy five. And you sell that home for how much? Three seventy five. So you make two hundred thousand. But then you know, minus the twenty five of the line and minus the closing costs. Right, right, right. Yeah, so let's say like one fifty. So like ten of them is like one point five. So what's the? Are you selling these homes or are you yeah, selling all of them? Yeah. Like I said, like only selling them because it's like now my vision is to develop buildings. So I already have the last for the buildings. I just don't have the the knowledge of building a building, yeah. and I don't have the, uh, the the liquid funds to get into a project like that. Because uh, it's like I have this big portfolio. And net worth is looking pretty nice, yeah. But you know the cash flow is looking pretty tight because it's kind of like the you know the way I see it. Once my all my personal bills are taken care of, it's like if I have five thousand dollars in cash flow in a month, yeah. The way I see it is like money has to work for me. I don't work for money, so it's kind of like that money's just sitting in the bank. I just got basically five thousand dollars acting lazy in the bank, so I got to put them to work. Yeah. So I look around and try to find like a property and that I know I can hold up. Like ah, right, that's five thousand dollars worth of mortgages that I can hold up. On the house until I'm ready to start, you know, working on it. Yeah, you, you said. So, wait, wait. Okay. Money works for me. I don't work for money. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. that. I was actually going because you told like yourself that. in off camera, you was like net worth over. What, what was the slogan you said? Uh, no, yeah, because it's a kind of like uh, separate things. You got your, you know, um, your asset minus the uh, liabilities, which is you know. Let's we, let's say we've in, heard in, that before. In, in, you said you, you, know, you said net worth, net worth, um, rich but cash. Oh yeah, yeah. net worth. Yeah, I'm net worth rich, but cash flow poor. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I'm cool with that for now because like I'm trying to build up. I'm trying to you know just climb up to a certain level. Right. So your net worth could be thirty million, right? But your cash flow could be three thousand, and that's okay, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like (laughs) I wish I had. (laughs) (laughs) But it's basically like yeah, like you know, it's um. It's two different things. Like it's just rappers, for example, like you know, um, people who get these large amounts of money, they're cash rich. Right. Like they have a lot of cash on hand, but they probably have like no net worth. You, know? <laughs> exactly. like, you probably see people with like the nice cars, the jewelry, and everything, and they riding around with their net worth. Yeah. So but then you can see someone like me. You know, I'm driving a Toyota Tacoma. <laughs> so it's like I'm not stunning, but it's like the net worth is looking nice. The net worth is looking yeah, more yeah, than yeah. nice. Yeah. How, what's the the time frame on building from the ground up? That's the thing, you know, so it's like, you don't know, when you're not familiar with something, in my mind, I would have said, oh, it's like a year is going to take to build up a house. Mm-hmm. Before I started doing the house, I was like, six months, I'm going to build, you know, it's going to be the time frame. Now, the time frame is looking like three months. So I think like three, three months. months, I could knock out a house. Wow. And I could probably build them like two, probably like two to three weeks apart. So it's, if you go on my Instagram right now, I already posted two of them. I saw you with the cement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so one already have the foundation. The other one, I'm working on the footing. And then probably like another two weeks, one already is going to have the framing, the other yeah. one's going to have the foundation, and I'm going to be working on the footing on that one. And it's like, and they're going to be lined up like that. Are you just using the same team each time, or are you like, you know what, I'm going to capitalize by using different teams that I trust to work on these properties? It's like, I have my core guys that I trust, and that like I know they can handle things, and then it's their responsibility to build up on them. So it's kind of like, um, uh, like my project manager, his job is to... Kind of like I tell him, this is what I want to do, mm-hmm. and then he goes out, he finds the extra help, even if it means, you know, reaching out to a contractor to kind of help him out. You know, it's crazy. Like if I reach out to a contractor, let's just say they might tell me fifteen thousand, I tell him to reach out, he ends up getting it for ten. <laughs> you know, because it's like the the relationships and, and yeah. basically the the concept of like, hey, listen, you got to give me a good price because I need to make money off of this. Mm-hmm. But then you know, obviously I know what's going on, and the savings get passed down to me. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, once again, um, free education, right? That's the good thing about the show is that it's all free and all of our guests are willing to provide information because you didn't have to, you know, tell people what you're doing. Like, you could just be selfish. Nah, yeah. Like, I mean, I'll say this much. is like when, um, when C's did the first seminar and he tells me, yeah, I'm going to do a seminar. 
I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, yeah, remember we spoke about doing like little seminars, but they in churches. <laughs> like, small things. It's gonna get back to the community. Like, and I see every time I see like a you know a, a pastor, I talk to him, like, listen, you know, I do real estate. You want me to come and speak to your congregation? Then it's like, let me know. I'll come through and I'll speak. You know, nobody's ever invited. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you know, you know, but it's kind of like maybe now, you know, start getting phone calls and stuff. But it, uh, you know, but um, so I thought that's what it was gonna be. He's gonna be like, nah, we're gonna do like these seminars. You know, for like, I was like. Why do this? But then when I went to the first seminar, right, I was supposed, mind you, I was supposed to speak at the first seminar, right? And it's like when I get there, I was like, oh, nah, I can't speak, man. It's like I'm not a public speaker, so I was like, nah. But looking at the crowd, when I seen the crowd, I seen like everybody's like from the, you know, the first one was in Patterson. I seen a lot of people that I know, and um, and it just kind of like hit me. I'm like, you know what, man? That that was me 10, 15 years ago, man. I knew nothing, and I needed a, like somebody to kind of just not help me out. Like giving me a hand, but just kind of like guiding me, like tell me this is you know this is the direction, and it's kind of like and we came from nothing, so it's like I feel like when they see us, you know, they're not seeing these guys in these fancy suits, they see themselves, so they're saying like you know what if you know if, if like if they did it, they put they, they were to put in the work and you know look where they're at now, that means I can do it. So I feel like I felt I felt bad like that I didn't speak. I felt bad like yeah you know what I let my my fear, you know, stop me from going up there and like and these people is kind of like. They need like that motivation. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They need that information. So that motivated me to kind of like you know, uh, you know, to to push through and and, um, and actually speak on stage. God, I feel like it is like a responsibility for you know for people like us that we are you know at a at a certain you know certain level where we have like this knowledge of this information and it's kind of like we can keep it. But it's like you know, if Tiger Woods right now showed you how to play golf, Michael Jordan showed you how to play basketball. Mm-hmm. That's not gonna dim their light. Exactly. You know what I mean? Right, they're still right. gonna be who they are. So exactly. I feel like if I, exactly. you know, if, if I go out here and I tell you everything that I do, how I do it, you still gonna eat regardless. I'm gonna yeah, eat regardless. Yeah. <laughs> sure, no, I mean, I'll tell you this right now. I mean, like I could like stop today and just with these lots that I have, with these uh these plans that I have with the buildings, I'm gonna stay busy for the next five years. And all my crew, everybody that works for me, they're gonna stay busy for the next five years. So mm-hmm. we all gonna eat. Yeah. So it's kind of like you know why why try to keep that information? It's kind of like. Uh, you know, I don't need to bring you down so, so I could elevate. Like, you know what I mean? It's like I could elevate myself and then bring you up, and it's like, and I'll still be up too. Everybody eats, man. Yeah, everybody eats. I love it. Everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. eats. You know what I mean? Sure, Especially, cause, you know, coming from in the city, man, it's like we don't have the resources. So it's like, you know, when you're from in the city, the resources that we do have is like, it's what everybody knows. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, you have the resources, like, you got the hustlers. Maybe, you know, I mean, you know, somebody owns like a little bodega or something like that, but that's not real money. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, we really, you know, you might know somebody owns like one property, but you really don't know those guys but you know those corporations that own these multiple big properties so it's mm-hmm. like if we're in that situation that that's where we at then it's like and then nothing is like you know we didn't start with money so it's not like we just started you know this it was yeah. a loss of money and like that we started from the ground up so if we started from the ground up you can start from the ground up and i feel like anybody could like um get into real estate on a couple of properties and i feel like everyone should try to own a couple of properties yeah that's a fact so once again, man, thank you for coming. Can you tell the people how to contact you, your social media handles and all that? Yeah, yeah, like social media, you know, you find me on social media. I go by uh, Lord of the Slums. That's Lord underscore of underscore the slums. Uh, under, basically, underscore between um, each word. Um, but, you know, I'm not a slum lawyer. I just, <laughs> I thought it was just a, a, a funny name. You know, I'm not here trying to sell anything. So it's like, yeah. it doesn't, you know, I feel like, you know, it, yeah. it, it doesn't matter. I feel like my, 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 you know, when it comes to lenders, it's like my, my portfolio, my credit score, like my, my, my background that speaks for itself. So like me being like trying to do a little clown with, you know, with the name, you know, that's just, you know, me being funny. Yeah. And you still on tour too, right? With NB and season. Yeah, definitely. I'm yeah, one of the guest speakers with, um, with, uh, the DJ, uh, NB and, uh, Flip NJ, uh, seminars. I definitely suggest, you know, anybody, whenever we have one, if it's in, if you can make it, definitely make it out. I mean, we speak, I'm talking about five hours. It's really nonstop. Like, you know, we don't, yeah. it's like, there's no breaks in between. Yeah, we went, me, really talk. me and Troy went to the one, um, in Jersey, uh, last week. Yeah. So yeah, like, I, your story, I was like, wow. Like, this guy looks like us. Like, there's no, like, no, I said, everybody, yeah. really everybody yeah. up there, cause everybody's been a guest on our show, except for season <laughs> and MV. So, so come. Y'all next. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Matt, you know, that's our guy, Sabine. Um, or, you know, everybody's just good people. And, and like you said, everybody's just real relatable. Oh, yeah, yeah. Down to earth. And everybody could like relate. And, uh, and you know what? It doesn't have to be necessarily a real estate investor. I mean, it's like, like Sabine, you know, she's a, she's an attorney mm-hmm. and she's a female. Yeah. So female minority attorney, that right there, you know, that's something that somebody goes over there and you, who knows who she's basically, um, inspiring to, mm-hmm. to be that. Cause that's not like a common thing. Shout out to Sabine, man. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, she's, she's about her business. She's very knowledgeable. 
So I invite like, everyone that you know, everyone that goes on stage from like you know Jose the credit guy is like everyone that goes up. They have their own little stories, mm-hmm. and they they have every. We all have like similar backgrounds where we kind of like come from the inner city, come from nothing, and you know we're trying to like make it up, and then we all want to kind of like help help out and you know get back. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, once again, man, we we thank you, we thank you. Before we wrap it up, Troy, can you um can you give some people some information? Yeah, so uh, uh, our Patreon is moving well, um, and a lot of people, you know, I'm realizing that they don't have any idea what Patreon is. So Patreon is is a way um, for creatives to put out extra content and come up with some ideas that can help. Um, so what we've been doing is putting out bonus content, putting out the early day. The episodes a little bit earlier. Um, our new features are going to be dropping before the summer. Uh, my hometown hero series. Uh, we got a new cam- campaign that's coming along with that. And um, we had a great conversation the other day with um, one of our, our patrons, and it, it came to our mind that you know what? Why are we giving them bonus content? So starting this week, we're actually going to start putting out unedited episodes. So you're going to see everything: the behind the scenes, the in betweens, because we have some great conversations. Um, I think she said, well, y'all holding content, y'all holding content. I'm like, yeah, well, we're putting it out sporadically. And, um, if you check out YouTube, you'll see some of those, those bonus content features. So, um, the Opportunity Zone video with Matt was one. Um, we have a hedge fund one that we're going to be putting out with, uh, with Q. Shout out to Q, uh, who did the stock market episode. So patreon.com, uh, backslash earn your leisure. We have five tiers. Feel free to join at any tier. Um, and it will tell you what you get at that tier. Um, and our, Season two is out, um, so be on the lookout for that. Of, of what? Of our merch, of our merch. So shout out, shout out to uh, Mike and um, the team for uh, you know working deals need to put that out. We got our kid sizes now. Uh, we got some phone cases and some mugs. So yeah, feel free to support that because uh, everything helps, right? We we're not able to do what we do without y'all. So we appreciate that uh, sincerely. Yeah, and definitely in YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube also because we're gonna put um, bonus content on YouTube as well. And we're going to have a lot of different stuff that is not on the audio side mm-hmm. of the podcast. Make sure you still subscribe to iTunes, too, because we need to get the number one spot on iTunes. That's that a fact. <laughs> but um, also the YouTube, we're going to have a lot of uh, different things. Like We have an Opportunity Zone um, segment with Matt that's only on YouTube, only available on YouTube. So we're going to start doing more stuff on YouTube, how-to series, like how to start an LLC, you know, stuff like that, little five, seven-minute clips on YouTube. We're going to start doing stuff like that. And uh, as Troy said, our merger. And also, we are going to... We did we did a networking event in LA, which was crazy. So you know we gotta come home. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it big for the city. We're gonna do something in New York City very soon. But we will be releasing the dates on our Instagram, information on our Instagram, and we wanna have hopefully we can get all the the guests that we had. So Fernando, Fernando, welcome to the alumni club. (laughs) I'll let you know this day, man. If you could come through, that'd be dope. So you'll be able to meet the guests in person, and y'all be. It is though. If you was if you saw the video from LA, you know anybody in LA, that's how we gonna we gonna do it, but it's gonna be way bigger in New York because it's where we're from. So this is like what you guys got right here, man. It's pretty dope, man. Because it's like, you know, it is is um it's not just one one direction, like you know, you guys have a little bit of everything. So it's like anyone that needs to get inspired in different fields, exactly. you guys kind of providing something financials in different fields. You know, exactly. Exactly. One, that's, that's, yeah, yeah. exactly. That's what it's all about, man. Try to give it, people as much information as possible, and then from there they can kind of pick and choose which yeah, ones exactly. they can yeah, apply. Yeah. What, what drives them? Yeah, yeah. That makes it dope because it's like literally everyone has earned their leisure, right? So like even on your board, two thousand four to two thousand eleven, there was zero. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They didn't see that 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 part that. You had to struggle and you had to figure out a way, but you never gave yeah. up, right? So exactly. everything you have now, like you've earned. Like you've Not literally even, earned the freedom. Yeah, definitely, man. And you know what? That was also a big part of that was also fear. Mm. It's like, you know, you because it's like you're scared to fail. And it's like, what's going to happen if I fail? So it's like, you know, it's like a lot of hope back too. So I also think that too, when my daughter was born in 2013, that kind of like pushed me too. Because mm-hmm. the following year, that's when I was able to do multiple deals at the same time. So I put it in my head like, yo, I got to like, yeah. <laughs> I can't Somebody's have, depending I can't on have me. my daughter, like, you know what I'm saying? I was still in the hood. I was like, I can't, you know, I grew up in the hood and I was like dreamed of like, kind of like moving out and like, you know, like living the American dream basically. So it, it, it's kind of like, I wanted to push, you know, and then make sure that, you know, financially that we were all good. You know, and, uh, and you know, she helped me out. So yeah, you change, like, you are changing the narrative of what the American dream is. Right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now we are the American dream. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. We are the American dream, man. So yeah, before we leave, I have a book tip that I always say. My book tip this week is Nelson Mandela's biography. Um, it's called The Long Walk to Freedom, and it's a really good book. It, it outlines his story. Um, you know, as far as doing, I think thirty years in jail, mm-hmm. thirty years in jail, and coming out and. It's dope. It's really inspirational, um, and it's a dope book. So 
I highly recommend anybody read that, no matter what you're interested in, because everybody can get some inspiration from that book. So that is it. EYL20 in the books. Thank you for your support. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beet brand for heart health support. The new Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Superbeats Heart Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Superbeats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.